When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Commas Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, we're talking to Bowerman babe, Emily Infeld. She is a 5K, 10K runner, 2016 Olympian in the 10,000 meters, and she is also the biggest comeback queen I know. She's dealt with a lot of injuries, but she's always come back better than ever, so this episode is really insightful and injuries and how she's dealt with them mentally and physically and her goals for the rest of the year and beyond and much more, so stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by Inside Tracker. Do you want to run farther and faster and recover quicker and easier? Do you want to feel healthier than you've ever felt before? You need to make a change, and that's what Inside Tracker is all about. Founded by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometric data from MIT, Tufts, and Harvard, Inside Tracker is a personalized health and wellness platform like no other. What's their secret? First, Inside Tracker uses its patented algorithm to analyze your body's data and offer you a clearer picture than you've ever had before of what's going on inside you. Then, Inside Tracker provides you with a concrete, science-backed, trackable action plan for reaching your performance goals and being your healthy best. Inside Tracker is offering my listeners a 25% off discount to their entire store. Just go to insidetracker.com/emma. That's insidetracker.com/emma because change is an inside job. Now let's get straight into the episode. Emily, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to have you on. Um, To get started, do you want to just like give a little bit of a rundown of who you are and what you're about? Yes, um, totally. Thanks so much for having me. My name is Emily Infeld. I'm a member of the Barman Track Club. I'm one of the oldest on the team now. I'm 30. Um, so I graduated in college in 2012. <laughs> I've been out for a while. Um, I won one NCAA title. I was second three times at NCAA's cross um, outdoor twice um, and then one indoor title. I I'm a 2015 world bronze medalist in the 10K, 2016 Olympian in the 10K. Uh, I was sixth in the 2017 world champs in the 10K and 2018 uh, U.S. cross-country champion. And then injured in 2013, 2014, 2018, 2019, I had surgery. In 2020, I got a stress fracture. So uh, lots of injuries and that's me. Well, you have quite a few accolades and quite a few injuries. So I guess it balances out, but we'll get into both of those. Um, To start off, do you want to just talk about how you got into running like way back in the day? Yeah. Um, So I I tried every sport growing up. Um, I feel like I I did Irish dancing, gymnastics, swimming, tennis, basketball, softball, volleyball. Um, I did cheerleading for a couple of years. And I was just terrible at everything. And I liked running. I liked like the running aspect of everything. Um, I did a road race. I think my first road race with my dad when I was like eight years old, there was some like mile run over the summer and it was at like nine in the morning and it ended at Pizza Hut and you got pizza. And I was like, this is so fun. I want to do this all the time. Like we get to eat pizza at like 9.30 a.m. And like I get to drink pop, which I like wasn't allowed to do when I was young. Um, But I also, I think I just, I love pushing myself. I loved that running. um, I mean, the other sports I just wasn't really good at that I feel like I wasn't competitive, but running, I felt like I could compete with myself. I could try to get faster and faster. Um, So I just, I love that. And then in probably middle school is when I started to do track 
um, and cross country, like take it more seriously, could do it um, in the fall and spring. And then uh, in high school, just totally fell in love with it. I love my coach. Um, I love my team and then was able to run at Georgetown. And again, love my coach, love my team and um, feel that way now. <laughs> when were you, when did you like decide that you were good? Or like, when was it made apparent that you could probably go to college for running? Oh, probably. I don't know. In high school, at some point, I feel like I realized that I, uh, it's so funny because when I entered high school, I loved like the faster events. Like I thought I was going to be an 800 runner. And I was like, this is my event. I won high school state in the 800 uh, my freshman year. Um, and I ran, I think I ran 212. And oh I was my, like, this- that's really good. I was like, this is my event. Like, I'm going to be really, really good at this. Um, I also had never worn spikes before. And that was like the first time I wore spikes in grade school. I was like running the 800 in these clunky trainers. And then I was like, wow, I feel way faster. Like I'm putting on spikes. Um, but in uh, my junior year of high school, I ran 441 in the 1600. Um, and that's, it's still the state record in Ohio, which I'm like, like claim to fame. I keep waiting for it to go down. And unfortunately with COVID, I'm like, I feel like there was an opportunity for it to go down, but they didn't have any races. So oh, it'll, no. yeah, it'll go down. I'm like, everyone keeps getting faster and faster. But I think after I ran that time, um, I thought I could go to school for running. I didn't know um, yeah, exactly where, who'd be interested, but I was starting to have people reach out to me um, and I was reaching out to places <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> that I wanted to go. Um, and yeah, I was really felt really, really lucky, uh, to be recruited by Georgetown and I love my time there. 441, especially back then was probably one of the top times in the country. I'm assuming. Yeah, it was good. I won high school nationals in the mile my senior year. Um, but I don't think I didn't go my junior year for some reason, which is when I ran 441. Uh, my senior year, my I ran 443. Um, I just didn't for some reason didn't run as fast. But mm. I, my sister also ran and she had the high school record. She's four years older than me. And she had the record. It was 448. And then Bridget Franick, who um, is an Olympian in the steeplechase, broke it and ran 446. So my, I was like, I have to get it back in my family like I need to get the record back in my family you have to continue the legacy so that was my goal um and now it's still there um which is funny but what did your older sister say when you broke her record when she well I guess you broke Bridget's yeah I think she was excited I mean I think she was really funny because I at that point I like didn't want to go to Georgetown because she was there and I was like I'm not going that's where you are and she was like you're like our coach really wants you to go like you have to at least give it a shot like you have to talk to him uh like she was super proud of me but she's like you like you can be really good and like you need to talk to him um and my mom I think convinced me too that she's like you can't like you I was like I want to carve my own path I'm not going to follow where my sister yeah. goes and then of course that's where I ended up going <laughs> were you on the team with your sister uh we overlapped one year she was uh she stayed for five um so my freshman year is her fifth year um and it's really fun because we have pictures my mom I was the anchor leg of the DMR my freshman year and she was the 800 leg so for indoor nationals there's like pictures of us handing off and my mom has it like blown up and framed oh Uh, that's cute (laughs) it's really cute but I'm like oh man neither of us look good in the picture it's like (laughs) like (laughs) but I'm like whatever it's next to this like statue cardboard cutout of myself in high school um oh man I know I'm like my mom is she loves those that kind of stuff (laughs) that is really cute though how was it being I can even imagine being on like a college team with my siblings how was that it was uh I don't know it it was hard I feel like it's we're old like far enough apart four years that we weren't super close um I feel like we got closer in that realm but it was tough because we did the same event um Uh so I know so I feel like that was like it's I think it's just it's hard I feel like there's always sibling rivalry and we were like very competitive um but it was also fun I mean I looked up to her always um, but I do think it kind of like steered me into do more of like the distancey stuff. Like I was like, I want to be an 800 runner. My coach is like, we're going to have you like, you're going to be a 5k runner at some point. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're an 800 runner, the last thing you want to hear is your coach yeah. putting you in a 5k. Yeah. <laughs> Did you and your sister ever like fight at practice? Because my, well, I had sisters on my high school team Yeah. and I feel like our teammates would get annoyed sometimes because we would bicker. Oh yeah. I think, I mean, I'm definitely way more soft-spoken than she is. I, both of my sisters are more like dominant personalities, like way more outgoing than I am. I'm like, I'm like an 
an extroverted introvert, I feel like, like I'm, I can be bubbly and happy and, and I love talking, but if we're all in a room together, I feel like I say one word and I just let them do the talking <laughs> for the most part. So I do feel like that because of that, we didn't, I don't know, didn't argue as much, but there were times when I was like leading reps and I was younger and I just like, didn't know what I was doing. And I would go out like way too fast or way too slow. Um, and that's when I feel like the sibling stuff came out and she's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. But for the most part, not, not too much. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. And I mean, you only have one year together and then you were kind of on your own. So yeah, you paved your own way. How was like your yeah. overall college experience? I loved it. Um, I mean, I had like an awesome team. Like I still, uh, Renee Tomlin, who she was my host, um, at Georgetown is going to be a bridesmaid and bridesmaid in my wedding. Um, like I love her. Like she was a, a junior, my freshman year. And when I went on my trip, she was like a huge reason why I went. I'm like, she's so cool. I'm like, we're going to be best friends. <laughs> you manifested it. You're like, this girl's going to be in my wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I loved it. I mean, Georgetown, we had a super, super small team. Uh, we had a weird, there's like a coach transition. So the year above me, there was like not many people. So we had, it was just a really small, close knit team, which I loved. Um, and the school in general, I feel like, I think there's like 6,500 people, I think that go to Georgetown. So it's small, uh, which for me, I was like, so overwhelmed, go, like thinking about a big school. Um, yeah, but yeah, I loved it. I like had a lot of friends off the team um, and a lot of friends on the team. So yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's ideal. Yeah. Um, so then you obviously had a successful college career. What do you think was like the biggest thing that helped you like keep getting second and then winning NCAAs? Yeah, my coach, I feel like he definitely believed in me. Um, and I, my freshman year, I feel like I'm my freshman year cross country. I was 60th. And I think I just like, didn't like, I didn't really know. I was like, so excited to be in college. I was like, just not taking it super seriously. And then my sophomore year, he's like, you can be like, you can be good. Like you need to take this more seriously. Like you need to not eat ice cream, like an hour before practice. And then like, have to go in the bushes. Like okay, 60th though, <laughs> was 60th at cross country. Yeah. Oh, that's not even like, that's like pretty good for a freshman. I feel like. Yeah. That's, I feel, I don't know. I feel like it was pretty good, but there was, I think there was freshmen that were like way ahead of me. Yeah. Uh, but then I jumped my sophomore year. I was eighth. So I think mm. when I, from, <laughs> so then like when that happened, my coach is like, all right, like you could be really good. Like you need yeah. to take this a little more seriously. Uh, but I always thought of myself as more like my freshman year, I was eighth in the 1500. So I was like, oh, I'm going to be like, I transitioned. I'm like, maybe I won't be an 800 runner. I'll be a 1500 runner. And he's like, no, you can be a really good distance runner. Um, so I feel like he had that confidence in me. And then having Sheila Reed, who I also love is someone I still talk to a ton, but she, I mean, won everything when I was there, she's a year older than me and we're in the same conference, the same region. So I feel like having her, I was just like, I want to beat her. And I never beat her. Like, I think I, be, I beat her once after college in a 1500, but I just, I like couldn't beat her. I would be like, so close feeling like oh, this is the day I'm going to beat her. And she would just like unleash a kick and beat me by like three seconds in the last hundred meters. I'm like, how did that happen? That probably made conference interesting though. <laughs> probably pushed you. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I have like no biggies titles. I have a bunch of biggies titles indoors a year. She didn't run. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. I'm like, I have three biggies titles indoors when she didn't run, like didn't run. But outside of that, I have like a ton of seconds. So I feel like from that, I was like second with her in conference and then second in regional and then, um, second in a lot of in cross and then two outdoors, um, from that. But I definitely credit her a lot to that. And she's just awesome. And with someone who like loved, to run really hard, but then love to party hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You need to have yeah. the balance of both. I, I mean, I would say a lot of distance, like good distance runners are kind of like that. Surprisingly, yeah. like know. you would think Which, everyone's, everyone's so type A, but then when the season's yeah. over. Yeah. Which is, go I crazy. Like, I know she's funny. I, yeah, she is. I'm like, well, I don't know if she'll listen to this. I'm like, oh, Sheila, I'll have to tell her. I'll be like, you should listen to this. <laughs> talk about you. Uh, but yeah, but I love her. She, I feel like she was really balanced and just, she, yeah, she loved it. She was, she was amazing. So I feel like her and my coach and the team definitely, um, I feel like helped push me and feel like I could be good. <laughs> well, shout out Sheila Reed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this, Emily credits all of her success to you. <laughs> Um, and then how did you decide on Bowerman? 
Um, I, so it's so funny. I actually was going to go back for a fifth year at, uh, Georgetown. And I, after the 2012 trials, I talked to Jerry there, um, a little bit and he's like, Hey, like, are you like, whatever? Like I, I was a senior, um, like, he's like, are you going to go professional? Like, what are you thinking? And I'm like, no, I'm going to stay a fifth year. Um, and then I ended up going to Europe after that um, and did some 1500s. And my coach was, he was like, I don't know, like, what do you want to get out of a fifth year? And I really just wanted an outdoor title. I'm like, I want to get an outdoor title. I haven't had one yet. Like, I, I feel like I want to end my college career on that. Um, and he's like, well, what do you want? Like future, future. And I'm like, well, I mean, Shalane Flanagan and Kara Gautier with Bowerman and like to be coached by them. And he's like, so if that's what you want in the future, like why, um, like, what do you think would be best for you? And I think talking him through, like to him through everything helped me make that decision to be like, okay, I'm going to take the leap and join this group. Um, I just felt like super honored. I feel like that they were interested in me and talking to me. Um, one of my Georgetown teammates, Andrew Bumbleo, who is uh, two years about, or two or three years above me was training with Bowerman at the time. And I think he helped kind of create that connection. He was like, Hey, this girl, Emily Infeld's like really, really tough. You need to keep a lookout on her. Um, so I think because of that and him, I think Jerry kind of was like, Oh yeah, she's pretty good. Like, we'll think about her. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, and I was just lucky. I think at that time they were looking to add another track girl, um, for Lisa Yule, who was there. And then unfortunately I was like, no, I'm not coming. And then in September, I like, literally two days before I was supposed to start grad school I was like actually I'm not going anymore never mind like <laughs> pull me out <laughs> and I called Jerry and Lisa like that week had decided she was leaving um, oh no I know and then I feel like I swear Jerry after that was like oh shoot like I don't really want this girl anymore like <laughs> never mind we don't want you <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but then I ended up moving out in October, uh, of 2012, but it was just like a funny, I feel like funny turn of how things happened. I was talking to Lisa a little at the trials and I was like, no, no, no. Like I'm, I'm going to stay another year. Um, and then right when I decided I was going to join, she decided she was leaving. So it was like a little bit of a bummer since Shalane and Kara were definitely more marathon focused and I was running 60 miles a week, which was a little different than them running 130. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I can't even imagine running 130 miles a week. Oh no. Uh, uh-uh. I don't think I'll ever get there. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Ooh. Um, what was like that catalyst? Why did you decide at the last minute that you were going to go to BTC? I don't know. I mean, I think, I think just talking to coach Milt, um, a ton, my college coach, I just felt like, I was like, what do I really want? Like, I'm going to, I don't have cross country eligibility. So I think that was a huge thing where I was like, if I had crossed, I'd probably want to stay and run with the team. But I'm like, my only reason for running is to do indoor and outdoor to try to see if I can get a couple NCAA titles. Um, But I'm like, what do I really want? Like, I want to be a professional runner. Like that was something I wanted to do. And I don't think until um, probably like even my senior year, I was like, oh, I can like actually get paid for this and people are interested in me. And um, just because of that, um, I, I feel like I was like, why would I wait a year? Like, I might as well just go now. Um, and, and it just happened stuff. to happen at yeah. the last second. <laughs> yes, it just, I know. I feel like, which I don't know why. I went to Europe for in July and I stayed with um, Liz Moy, who is, um, she was a sixth year my freshman year. And then she stayed and was training. So we trained together in my college um, career. And I went and stayed with her and she was running for New Balance at the time. And I think I was like, this is awesome. Like I'm in Europe, we're like doing a bunch of races back to back. This is really fun. Um, Like, why do I want, like my purpose of going to grad school is not to get a degree that I was super stoked about. It was to run. And then I was like, why? Like, I'm like, if it was something I was really passionate about and I was like, I want to do this, um, whatever degree, but I was like, oh, I'm just doing something so that I can keep running. And I'm like, that seems silly. I might as well do what I really want to do, which is run professionally. Yeah. And you already got that little taste of like professional life when you're traveling to Europe. So I, I could find Uh it really hard to want to go back to school and studying and yeah, that would be rough. I think that's when I was like, I think I'm done with school. Yeah. I don't (laughs) want to take any more tests. Uh (laughs) I just want to run and that's it. Yep. (laughs) Um, how has like Bowerman changed since you first got there and how have you changed? Yeah. It, I mean, it's funny because, yeah, when I was there, uh, it was Shalane and Kara, and Kara left after a year, um, and it was different. Like, Jerry, I don't want to say Jerry's softer, but I think he's definitely a little softer <laughs> than he was then. Um, 
it was, it was hard. Like it was a different, um, for sure, a different environment. I mean, there's things that are so, so similar. Like we never know when our workout time is until the night before, like always probably late. Like, yeah, I can tell. I, that's, I <laughs> living with Carissa, I'm like, oh man, that seems rough. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, we're working out at noon tomorrow. I'm like, yes. oof. Yeah. Well, it's always, I feel like always last minute where I'm like, when I'm like, I want to get as much sleep as I can. I want to be ready. Um, but I'm like, that's scary. It just like, it is, it is what it is. Uh, but I definitely think even um, like having people, significant others come and whatnot. I feel like when I first joined the the team, I was single and I was 22 years old and whatever, but it was a lot of people had spouses. And it was like, when we go to training camp, like you go to training camp, um, like your spouses can't come visit. Like this is a work trip basically. And that I think has slowly, we've like worked Jerry down to, he's like, <laughs> okay, I guess you need to see these people that are like your significant others, like your boyfriend, girlfriends, wives, husbands, <laughs> like, yeah. um, yeah, uh, some more time with that. But we, my first year, we went to altitude on December 27th and I was in altitude December 27th until I ran US cross. And then I was down for a week. And then I went back up with Shalane and Kara for three weeks. Um, and then I went to Poland for world cross and then straight from Poland, I went to mammoth lakes for eight weeks oh and I was there God. by myself with the boys. Um, cause Shalane wasn't there at the time and either with Kara. So I was running with the boys every day. I like died. I burnt myself out, but I was like my whole, like I moved in October and then we were at altitude for like my entirety. And then I got hurt and I went to Cleveland for two months and then I came back and then I got hurt again. And it was like, this spiral, but I think now we're more, we're like at altitude in Portland at altitude in Portland, but that like, I didn't have, I had like a bed and a couch, I think for my first two years. Cause I was like barely in Portland. I had like no other furniture. I'm like, I looked like a serial killer. There was like nothing on my walls. I'm like, it looked like no one lived there. Like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why do you even need an apartment at that point? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, I think it's, he's still definitely the same, um, in most senses, but for so long, Shalane and I were trying to get more women. And I think it's just so funny because it was like, I mean, three years that we were there with no one. Um, and then all of a sudden it was like we added Sammy Silva and then um, Colleen Quigley and Shelby and Courtney. And then it was like trickle, trickle effect of Jerry's like, oh yeah, I think I actually am like a pretty good women's coach. Like for so long, he's like, I'm not like, I'm not a women's coach. I'm like, well, then what are we? Like, yeah. <laughs> like what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, wait, why'd you recruit me then? I'm confused. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, the team is funny. Um, I feel like, uh, yeah, lots of, lots of just Jerry is Jerry. He's a unique <laughs> guy. Um, but for me, I feel like I've learned a lot. I think I got thrown in to like 885. I was just really doing a lot. Um, and I was someone who had never been injured. I'm like, I'm so durable. And I learned that I'm like anyone, when you up your mileage that much and you're upping your intensity, like you're bound to get injured. Like you're doing like some people don't. Um, but I'm like, for me, it makes sense. I'm like, Oh yeah, I see why I got injured. And I just kept doing the same things. And, um, Jerry gives us a long leash in the sense that we do the workouts and he writes that, but our training, our weekly mileage, we can kind of build. And for so long, he's like, this is where you should be at. And then I realized I'm like, well, I can't handle that. So let me like take it down a bit. And then I was running well and he was totally fine with that. And I felt like I was putting all this pressure on myself that like I had to hit like this number every week and I had to do this and that. And I think through injuries and just over the years, I realized like it's nice to have that flexibility because I can kind of pick and choose how I'm feeling. It's not like um, I have to be like, oh, I said in my train and my log, I was going to run 72 minutes this morning and 40 in the afternoon, but if I feel like garbage, then I'm going to cut both of those runs and it's fine. Um, and just, yeah, learning more about myself and staying healthy and being consistent is probably more important than um, trying to have these big training blocks that then end up with injury. <laughs> yeah. Consistency is definitely key in that sort of mm -hmm. area. Were you injured at all in college or like, did the injuries just start coming after? Yeah, no, I actually, I never had any injuries. I was super, super lucky. Um, I had like my, going into my senior year, I had like one, like an Achilles thing, but nothing that ever I had to really take any time off. Um, coach Milt, my college coach had this rule. If you had like anything pop up, he'd give you three days off. And we're like, it's a magical three days off. Cause it'd be like, your hip is hurting and you take three days off. And then I'm like, oh, I feel great. Um, <laughs> if only all injuries were like that. Oh yeah, I know. It should be really nice. But I, I mean, I think he, also definitely undertrained us, which I think was good um, in the sense of like, didn't 
like he wanted, he's like, I want you to be um, healthy for the long haul. Um, and I think from that, I feel like Jerry was like, you have so much untapped potential. And then I just kind of got thrown into too much too soon. And also because I had never been injured, didn't really know like the signs of like fatigue. Like if you're feeling fatigued for two months, um, and like writing in your chain long every day, like I'm exhausted. Um, and then you get injured. It's like, well, that's not a surprise. <laughs> Two months. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like you shouldn't be feeling like that every single day. And then it's like, oh, no wonder I have a sacral stress fracture. Like it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I was lucky. So I think that was hard. And that's something that still I'm trying to navigate that, like pushing the envelope and having that intensity while staying healthy. What was your first big injury that you dealt with? Um, a sacral stress fracture on my left side. And then a year later I got a sacral stress fracture on my right side. So those are goodness, big bones to break. (laughs) Yeah. Why do you think that happened? Um, I mean, a lot of it, I think my hips, um, I ended up getting hip surgery and I have, uh, the cam pincer, whatever abnormalities, like extra misshapen femur head and then extra bone in my hip socket. Um, so I think that was part of it. Like I definitely run a little weird. Um, like my form is, I think over time because of that has changed a lot. But I also think that first year I just, I ran a ton. Um, I also think like looking back, I like in college, I like drink more beer, um, ate more ice cream. And then when I became a professional, I'm like, I have to cut this stuff out, but I was running so much more and I don't think I added enough in. Um, so I do think that that was a huge issue for me. Like, not that it was intentional, but just that I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, if I'm not going out on the weekend and drinking beer, like, I need to be replacing that, those calories because I'm now running like 25 miles a week more than I had been and training at altitude, which I had never done. And not only training at altitude, but being at altitude for like six months, um, out of the year. And I just think things I had no idea. Um, and I think all of that just came back and, um, bit me and I had a big injury. I feel like I like made it through. I also definitely had, uh, my sacral stress fracture like two weeks before I got an MRI. Cause I was like, I'm fine. I remember Chris Linsky, He's like, you're running on one leg. Like you look like crazy. Like, you need to not be running. And I was like, no, 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 it's, I'm no, really- it's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> How can you even run on that for two weeks? I feel like I don't know. I it like was super, super stupid. I also, after that, I didn't go on crutches and I ended up oh, taking no. six months off um, because I was just like, oh, Jerry also, I think, I mean, I learned this lesson and I think Jerry knows this now. Like if I'm injured, he just like doesn't tell me what to do. He's like, you come back when you're 95% um, fit and I'll get you like 5% fit basically. Um but I, he was like, oh, just, he's like, so you're running this amount. Like you should cross train like five hours a day. And I was like, okay. So I didn't take one day off and I was on the elliptical like a mad woman. And then afterwards, I remember talking to Kara had a sacral stress fracture and Emma did. And Emma was like, I was on crutches. And I was like, oh, I literally was just going ham on the elliptical. And after 12 weeks of all this cross training, I went back and they're like, you've like a full fracture line still, you've no signs of healing. Oh, um, like my there's, goodness. there's no edema, like you need to take time off. So then I took 10 weeks totally off of everything and then did a month of swimming. And then at that point it had been, I'd been off for, I mean, six months. Um, and then I like slowly was building back walking and then to like walk jogging. It was a nightmare. Like it was I think probably the lowest I've ever been. I was, everyone was at altitude. I had no friends in Portland. I was like, not able to do anything. I was like, what? I was like, literally just a mess. Uh, that was probably like the worst period of my life up to this point. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, how do you get through that? Like, what are you doing day to day? If you I, can't like for those 10 weeks, especially when you're not doing anything. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what was hard too. It made me, I was like, I need to find an activity. Like I, I think that first year, um, not in school and just running was hard in a sense of, I was like, I have all this free time, all this or that. Um, but I was exhausted from training. And then when I couldn't do anything, I'm like, what do I do? I was like doing these cooking classes at Williams Sonoma twice a week. I was like, wait, that sounds kind of fun. I know. Oh, they were like super fun. They were free, but I was like, um, I got big into stocks. I mean, not that I like literally day trading. No, I mean, I put like no money. Me and my dad each put a thousand dollars into an E-Trade account. And I was like trying to follow the stock markets. I was just, I would go to Starbucks by my place. I'd like walk down, I'd wake up, walk down the hill and like bring a newspaper. And I would sit in Starbucks for like four hours reading a newspaper. And then like, I'd go like read a book. Like I was just, I like had nothing else to do outside of like making food. And I was like, well, I'm going to be running soon. So I don't like, 
I like, I can't really take a class or do this or that. Um, I did like at one point after I had a couple of injuries, my dad was like, didn't you always want to go to culinary school? Like, maybe you should do that instead of running. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, not now, dad. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I, that was in 2016, like two months before the Olympics. And I was like, I think I need to focus on this. Two uh, months before the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, I but think I had, you should give it up now. Yeah, I know. But I had, I had a hip stress fracture. So I think I was like, or no, it was, I mean, it wasn't two months, but it was, I was getting back to running like two months. I had a hip stress fracture the end of March. Um, and the trials were in June. So it was a <laughs> quick turnaround. <laughs> okay. You are literally the comeback queen though. It's like when you get on the track, you tear it up. Oh, you tore it up in the 10k this no. past what was that oh. two weekends ago now yeah <laughs> so like how I just don't understand how you can do that like how can you come back so I guess so fast and like so mentally strong more than anything else and like yeah. have I guess have that confidence to be like yeah I'm gonna run the Olympic standard <laughs> well I mean I feel like when I have my teammates who are running so well and I'm like they're in this amount of shape like I have to be in this shape like if they're doing this like I need to be like at least doing this um and I don't I like I still I mean injuries are hard they suck and I think it's I feel like I can't look at super big picture broad picture I have to look at like day to day and that's what's helped me the most to be like okay I have these big goals but like right now like what are little goals and I feel like the girls on the team were like I mean like laughing at me because I would be at practice like when I joined them for practice after having surgery I was like this is my fastest 200 since surgery like I was like what goal can I make myself feel better about like every everything was like a goal because at that point I was like I hadn't run much so it was like I was getting I was PRing like having a post-surgery PR like every practice um but it's like that made me feel better it made me be like okay I'm improving I'm getting better like I can see sites that like I'm not terrible yeah <laughs> I don't suck well yeah. I mean it is really important to like celebrate the little wins that you have especially yeah. during that time because if you do look at like big picture being like oh my goodness I need to like whether it's qualifying for the Olympics or like run a PR by this point, it's like that can get so overwhelming if you feel like you're starting it from scratch, I guess, yeah. or like after a long time off. So, yeah. Oh, totally. And it's, I don't know, it's like an unfortunate part of our sport. Like everyone has dealt with injuries. Like I don't know anyone who hasn't. Um, and it's, but it is something where I feel like I was at a point where I'm like, I've had my fair share of injuries. Like I should be like, my karma should be so good. Like I should never have an injury again. And I'm like, it doesn't really work like that. Like I wish it worked like that, but yeah, um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> if only, but you are right. Yeah. Like anyone I've ever met in the running world has had an injury. So yeah. if anyone listening is going through an injury, just know that basically everyone has dealt with one yeah. and you get through it. Emily is proof right here yeah. that <laughs> you can overcome it. Um, were there any points that you were like, maybe this isn't for me? Yeah. I mean, I think in, um, 2014, um, I got my second sacral stress fracture and that was after, I mean, I had like a rough 2013, I made world cross, but then I like, I didn't run really anything. I did some like um, some road races that went well. And then I got a sacral stress fracture 2013, took six months off of running, was not in good shape, had like six months of like mediocre running and then got another sacral stress fracture. And then I was like, what the F like, how is this happening? Like, I feel so far out of my league. I just don't think I can handle this. Like I can't handle the training. My body can't handle this. I hate being injured. Um, like, I don't know what to do. And I was just like, so mentally exhausted and I was like I can't get through this just because in my head I was like I'm not about to take another six months off like that was terrible um and I remember texting Shalane and also calling Jerry and like crying and poor Jerry who's like oh my god why are you crying like um <laughs> Um, and I was just, I had a labral tear in my hip. I had a broken rib. I had a, a stress fracture in my sacrum. Like I just had like, all I, at the same time, all at the same time. And I called him to like, tell him this. And he was like, oh my God, he like, didn't know what to say. He's like, you are like a mess. He was you like, are oh. broken. Yeah. He's like, you're fine. Like, I just felt bad. I could tell he was like, just out, like so uncomfortable. Uh, but Shalane came over and she like brought a bottle of wine and she's like, you are so good. Like you've shown signs of like, of being really good and you've handled some good training. Like you can get back. And I'm just like, so thankful. Cause I was definitely, I mean, I was at a point I'm like, I, yeah, hadn't done much. It had been, I mean, I'd graduated 
uh, however, a year and a half ago and felt like I was just like banging my head against a wall, like wanting to race, wanting to feel good, wanting to, to be good again. Um, and her, this is like in December of 2014. And she um, was just like, everyone deals with this. Like, you'll be fine. Like, you're going to come back stronger. Just like take care of your body and like be smarter this time around. Like, um, like you don't have to take six months off if you're smart yeah. <laughs> about your injury. Don't, now. <laughs> don't hop on the elliptical tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And that was great. I mean, she's just, she's so wonderful. So I'm for sure thankful for her. And I think as like anyone with an injury knows, it's like having people like that who are in your corner and who can just tell you like, you'll be fine. You'll get through this. Like you are good. Um, is super, super helpful. Um, yeah, definitely having teammates, especially at the professional level is probably really helpful because there are a lot of people yeah. that train alone. And I mean, at the end of the day, it is an individual sport. So having that yeah. supportive group of people is probably really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely, I think at the end of the day, you have to like, believe it for yourself. Um, and I mean, I think this like running is so cool because it's like, you can take a step back and you can return to it. It's like something that, I mean, it can always be there. I feel like I'll always be a runner. I feel like most people feel like that, like whatever level it is, whatever you're doing. And I think that's, what's super cool about this sport. It's like, you can like get your pair of shoes and go out the door and run whatever it is that day. <laughs> yeah. Once a runner, always a runner. That's so cringe mm-hmm. to say out loud, but it is very yeah. true. No, I love all those things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like even, I mean, I took a decent amount of time off after college, but it's like, I feel like I'll be back eventually. You know, it's, yeah. it just is ingrained in me. I don't know uh-huh. what it is about running that makes it that way. I feel like other sports are not like that. You see people who like grew up playing soccer. I feel like they're not going to play soccer when they're an adult, you know, yeah. most of the time, but most runners are runners forever. I know it's an addiction, but it's a good addiction. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Today's episode is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit company. You guys have heard me talk about them before, but I absolutely love them. I get so excited when my Green Chef box comes in the mail. I just know my dinner's about to be on point. They make eating well, easy, and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, or just looking to eat healthier like me, there's a range of recipes to suit any kind of diet or preference. The thing I love most about Green Chef is that everything comes pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped. So I spend way less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. So my meals take max 30 minutes, which is a super quick dinner. And the flavor is just so good. It's literally so much better than any dinner I make for myself because I'm a pretty boring and bland person when I don't follow like a recipe or have my Green Chef box. Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh and with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. So I like to switch between the brands from month to month, depending on how my taste buds change. If you guys are interested, go to greenchef.com slash 90coldbrew and use code 90coldbrew to get $90 off, including free shipping. That is greenchef.com slash 90coldbrew and use code 90coldbrew to get $90 off, including free shipping. Now let's get back into the episode. Like, what was the difference in you coming back from that second sickle stress fracture? What did you do differently? Um, I mean, I took, I took three weeks totally off of everything. And then I started building so slowly. Um, I think my first week, like week four of my injury, I was in the pool for like 20 minutes, um, just using my upper body. And I had two weeks of that of like three days of like 20 minutes, just upper body swimming. So basically five weeks, like almost off, like really not doing much. And then I started adding in gym stuff. Um, and then just slowly adding in more swimming. And then after I think 10 weeks, maybe I got back on the alter G 10 or 12 weeks, um, got back on alter G and then just was super, super slow. Um, and something where I feel like I was smart. I, I wasn't like, okay, I ran like 10 minutes on alter G today. I'm going to do 20 minutes tomorrow. It was like, oh, I ran 10 today, like take tomorrow off and then try to do like two times, 10 minutes. Um, and just built really, really slow. I got up to like an hour on the alter G, um, and then was running faster and then put in land. I don't think my first land run was until like the end of February. Um, but I think it's something that also goes to show, like I had put in a lot of hard training, um, that I just didn't get to show off because I got injured and didn't get to really race. Um, but I had put in like two really big falls with Jerry, which I feel like are Jerry staple, like his, like the fall is so hard and it's like my least favorite part of training. I hate it's like long run on Sunday, workout on Tuesday, workout on Thursday. And we're all running like high miles and the workouts are high volume and you're just kind of exhausted. Um, but it makes us like really fit. And I feel like it's really good strength training. So I'm like, I, I think I credit a lot of like my comeback to having those miles in my legs. And it was, 
Um, I think for anyone who's been injured and sometimes you don't get to race, um, it's all still in there. Like it'll come back. Um, and just being smart and letting yourself be healthy. Cause if you're like 50% healthy, um, you're not gonna be able to train well. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone listen to Emily. She's the expert <laughs> and has clearly shown that it works to be patient and trust the process. So I think you inspire a lot of people in that, in that way. I mean, I asked on like our Instagram, if people had any like topics or anything, and that was like the first thing people wanted to talk about. Cause we, I think people are really inspired by you because injuries are so hard mentally and you are just the type of person you are tough. It's like, you never have given up. And it, I mean, you made it to the Olympic team and world championships and you're always there showing up regardless of how many times like you've gotten injured in the past. And I think it just inspires a lot of people. Oh, well, thanks. I feel like there's <laughs> lots of, lots of info out there. I'm like runners are tough breed. I think, I feel like we're really tenacious. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> So you made the Olympic squad. How was your Olympic experience? It honestly was kind of weird. Um, we didn't uh, do opening or closing ceremonies. Okay. So I flew in two days before my race. Um, and it was hard. I mean, I was in a 10K that was a world record 10K. Um, and I just was so out of my league. I mean, I, I had a stress fracture at the end of March. And I think I kind of came back. Jerry was like, we microwaved your fitness. Like, I think I just, I was doing a lot of speed work. I was doing stuff that we probably wouldn't have been doing leading into the Olympics, but it was like, I had to do everything I could to make that team. I saw John Ball for like a month and was just like, he got my body back on track um, and was working with him like every day for a month um, when I found out I had an injury. And then I think after I made the team, I was like mentally fried. And then I was like, oh my God. I feel like exhausted just from like this process Yeah, having an injury so close um, to the trials and then being able to be healthy on the line and then making the team and like all those emotions. Um, and I just wasn't like my fitness wasn't there. Like I got, I mean, I got lapped like 18 minutes into the race, uh, but they went out in 1440, their first 5k. So it's like, I was like, in my I head, can't I'm even like, imagine. I just, it, it's so hard because it is still, I'm like, I feel so honored that I was able to compete for the U S to run at the Olympics. Like that's a goal I always, always had, but it still was one of the most mentally draining and just tough races where I just, I feel like I went out in 452 being like, that's a really good first mile for a 10 K. And then I was by myself. There was like no one around me. I was running by myself. And then all of a sudden I hear footsteps behind me and it's like, they blow past me and I'm like, no, no, it cannot be. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, how far are we into the race? And then I was just like playing this game for like a mile in my head of like, should I hurl myself into the infield? Should I pretend to roll an ankle? Like I was like so embarrassed that I was like, I had been lapped and like, not only was I lapped, but I feel like they blasted past me. And I feel like I just was totally out of it. And then these other people that were behind me came up and caught up to me. And then I was like, okay, oh wait, okay. We can all run together. Uh, but it was the weirdest race. Uh, yeah. it was just hard. I like, I wasn't prepared for that. I ran, I think I ran 31 26, which, uh, was at that time a PR, but it was just like such a weird, bizarro race uh for me that I was just like oh my gosh how is this happening like I my 5k PR at that time was like 1507 I think and I was just like so I'm in a race where women are going out in 1440 like (laughs) yeah I mean that that just sucks that you don't feel like you're like mentally or physically all there at the moment like that just has to be so hard and like that's probably just puts a lot of pressure on you too. Like if you feel like you're not physically ready for the Olympics and then having yeah. to like showcase it, yeah, that just probably is really stressful. Yes, I know. I mean, I feel like I learned lessons if I'm like, I think I could have run a lot better. Like everyone had great days. And I think I just was so, I got defeated when I got lapped and it was like, that was like a gut punch. And I was just yeah. like, what do I do now? And I had like, I'm like, I don't think I've ever been lapped in a race except for that race. And that was like, and then, uh, maybe I, I think I got lapped in 2017 world champs too, but only by one person. So I'm like, <laughs> that was a little less, <laughs> less little hard less. of a punch. Yeah. Yeah. But the same person. And it's, I think that's just tough. I'm, I mean, she ran the fastest that anyone's ever run by like 20, 30 seconds. So it's like, it was an insanely fast race, but at the time when you're in it and running it, I was just like, I'm terrible. Like I must be running really slow. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, and that's crazy. Cause you were running, you ran a PR. Yeah. Like I was still running, I was still running fast. Um, 
And yeah, so I don't know, it was, it was hard, but I think a lot to learn from. And I still, I feel so thankful um, to have had that experience, but it definitely, I feel like that was a whirlwind um, and definitely had some post-Olympic blues, but um, I think a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah. Were you, were you expecting to make it? Like when you went to the trials, were you like, yeah, I'm going to make it? I don't know. I mean, I, in 2015, I had medaled and I was like confident that I could make the Olympic team. And then um, I ran 15 flat indoors and then I got a stress fracture and I was like for two weeks, like again, so low. And I was like, my dreams are shattered. Like all this for nothing. I'm never running indoor track again. I like blame it. Like I'm running indoor track. I'm like, the turns are too tight. <laughs> yeah, it's the bank so yeah. I was like, this is like, my hips can't do indoor track. Like I was like making all these excuses, but, um, I didn't think I was. And I went to park city and maybe like three weeks before the trials, Jerry was like, you're making this team. Like you're so fit. Like we're going to book you a ticket. Um, to the Olympics, like we're gonna get your ticket ahead of time just oh because my goodness. He's, like, um, he's like, it's just gonna like keep getting more expensive and like blah blah blah. And like, um, he was just gonna book everyone's tickets anyway. So I was like, oh my gosh, he has this belief in me. And he said, too, he's like, you're starting off the, the trials for everyone, like, you're the first race, like, you have to set it off on a good tone. So I think for me, like, having that pressure honestly helped that I was like, okay, like, I'm like the oldest person on the team, I like person on the, the team running the track right now. Um, like, Shalene and Amy had made the marathon team. and I I was like, I need to like set this on a good note for the other girls on the track. Um, and then it was so funny because after the race and I made the team, I think the first thing Chris Derrick said to me was he was like, you're amazing. And he's like, Jerry said, there's no way you're going to make that team. And I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> that is like cruel. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm like, thank you for telling me that now. After yeah. I made the team and not before. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Emily, you're going to make it. Listen, everyone has absolutely yeah. no chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. I know, which is funny. Uh, I mean, like, he manifested oh. it by, yeah. by buying your ticket. But it, I, you, know. I feel like you need to have a coach that believes in you that much. Yes. I, I mean, I think that's huge. I mean, our sport, everyone works so hard. And I do think, I mean, I, I was fit enough to make it, but had I gone on the start line being like, there's no way I think like the 10 K goes through ebbs and flows of really, really hurting. I would have been like, I'm really hurting. Like, there's no way I'm going to make it. Like I'm just yeah. going to back off. And instead it was like, bear down. Like this is going to suck. But like, then like, I feel like the 10 K is a race of attrition and it's like less and less people. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, just like keep following Molly, like <laughs> keep doing what you can. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I've never raced a 10K, but I can only imagine the thoughts that go through your head. Yeah. When you're it's, <laughs> Yeah. It's hard, but it's it's a fun race. The 10K, I I love it, but it's it's hard. You definitely feel You guys are a different uh, breed of people, man. I <laughs> I was a 1500 runner and I'm like, yeah. that 4 minutes is enough for me. I don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> Not sign me up for 6 plus miles of, of yeah. racing around the track. <laughs> especially coming from like 800 runner background I feel like they've just had to have been so different oh yeah I mean I thought I feel like for the 5k I remember in college one of the first times I ran the 5k I feel like I blacked out the last three laps because I was just like exhausted and I yeah. was just like like seeing stars like I'm like I've never run this hard in my life like it just felt so long and I was just like I can't do this uh, but then with Jerry's training I feel like the workouts we do 10 mile workouts that I'm like okay you're like definitely more prepared it doesn't mean it still doesn't hurt like it hurts a lot but <laughs> yeah but I, think I, I also over time just realized I'm not as fast as 800 runners and 1500 runners so I had to keep moving you mean up. you're not gonna run 158 <laughs> or whatever yeah. everyone ran this yeah. past weekend oh my gosh I know I'm like I wish like I the 800 is such a cool event but I'm like I I just don't think it's yeah I don't think I'll ever do that it was so painful though yeah well it's like a sprint like I mean that's like I can't even imagine. I'm like, it's you're sprinting for two laps. It's yeah, that's so like hard. actually my all out sprint for two laps. Yeah. <laughs> I uh-huh. can't go any faster. It's like a 402 yeah. times. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so painful. Yeah. But I, the 10K yeah. is probably just as painful in a different way. In a different way, definitely. It's longer, but you have like more. I mean, it starts off and you feel easy and then you get into that like grinding pain. It's not that like lactic acid in your legs after 200 meters and then you still have to run three times that. Um, <sighs> <laughs> man what do you think it's going to take to make it in the 10k this year your teammates are oh yeah I mean I think you're gonna have like I I mean it's hard because I have a feeling it's gonna be 
a humid race and like hot, like I don't think it's going to be a fast from the gun race. It might be, but I think even if it's not fast from the gun, I think you're going to have to run the standard when you're there. Like, I think the race is going to be 31 low, 31 teen race. Um, and I feel like you're going to have to have speed to run 1440 or 1430s in the 5k, um, to make the team. So I feel like, yeah, you have to be more in like 30, 30, Oh, shape, like 30, 30, 30, 30, 40 shape. And I know, which is, I mean, it's just, that's how good people are. So I feel like that's the shape people have to be in is what I'm assuming. Um, yeah, so it'll be good. It's going to be stacked. I feel like it's been, (laughs) I feel like half the people that are vying for that are on your team. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, it's, I feel like nice. It's, it's like a a good and a bad thing. I feel like it's good to be like you're training with the best in the world, but I do think sometimes it's um, I've struggled with not playing that comparison game and being like, I can only focus on me. Uh, It is. I get so excited for my teammates because you see them working so hard every day. Um, Like we all work really, really hard that you're so stoked, but then I'm like, Oh man, I feel far off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. But that's what happens when you're training with the best in the world. So I'm like, I, I want to get the most out of myself, whatever that is. So, um, I mean, this training group definitely pushes us. (laughs) (laughs) Pushes you mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What were your thoughts after running the 10 K like two weekends ago? I was, it was hard. I was stoked, but I also, I mean, I felt like I, I thought I really slowed down. Cause I was like, I just fell off so hard. Um, but I didn't, I just couldn't, I had like no gear shift. Like I couldn't pick it up. Um, and I think I was just, I, I mean, Carissa, Shelby and Elise have been definitely far ahead of me in workouts. Like I've been working out Gwen, Marielle and I have been working out together and them three have been working out together. So I knew they were in way better shape, but I still like had like wanted to be like, 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 let's see if I can do this. Like if I can respond. Um, and I just don't have that in my legs right now. Like I've like really struggled with that. I could like clip off like 74, 75, but then trying to go, I ran like 172 lap and then they like kept picking it up. And I was, my body's like, nope. Like that was like all we had. <laughs> 72 then, is the max. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't go any faster at that point, which I mean, I haven't run much faster in practice. So I'm like, what do I expect? Uh, but I was, I was definitely happy. I'm like, the goal was to hit the standard. Um, I was before the race. I'm like, I'm going to be so pissed if I don't hit the standard. Like <laughs> I'm going to be mad at myself. Um, well, that's so like a lot of pain and time to go through and like recovery yeah. after that race to, yes. if you don't accomplish your goal. Yes, I know. So I'm like, that was really the only goal I had. I thought I was in like 31, 15, 31, 20 shape. So I was like, okay, 3108. That's like the better shape than I thought I was in. Uh, but I have to, I feel like definitely keep improving. Yeah. <laughs> so it also was like a kick in the butt to be like, I am still far off. Like I'm not, I'm like for sure making progress. Um, and stoked, but like, I want to be closer. Like, I don't want to get that badly beat. Like I want to have some turnover and be able to respond. So yeah, um, like things to work on, but I also have to be happy with it. Yeah. I mean, and that was in February. So you have so many more months yes. until though it will yeah. come up fast. I'm sure, but yeah, you have no. some time to I, switch yeah. gears. I know totally, but it was nice. Cause I'm like, I was injured all summer and everyone else was like racing and crushing those races. And I was just like, Oh man, I feel like I'm never going to race again. Like, yeah. It's so long. So it was really nice to just be back out racing. Yeah. Killing it as per usual. No. <laughs> Thanks lady. What's, uh, what's the goal for the year and beyond, I guess. Yeah. I mean, to make the Olympic team, <laughs> like, yeah. I'd love, love to make another Olympic team, yeah. um, and love to run fast. And then beyond, I mean, I feel like I'd like to go for 2024, run a marathon at some point, but I don't know if that would be after 2024, something like that. Um, but yeah, just try to keep getting faster. Yeah. Try to keep competing. (laughs) That's a good goal to have. That's pretty, pretty standard. (laughs) You, and you have some good like mentors too, like Shalane, if you ever want to get into the marathon. Yes. Oh my gosh. I know. Well, that's the two. I'm like thinking about that. And I'm like, if I'm marathon, I'm not running 130 a week. Like I just can't physically. Do that. <laughs> yeah. Don't sign me up for that. We're yeah. not increasing it to I that know. point. I'm like, Jerry has to change his uh, mileage quota for marathoners when I run. <laughs> I can't even imagine running 130 miles a week. I don't even know how yeah. to keep your body healthy in that. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's a different, like the, the intensity is different. And I feel like you do a long run workout and then one other workout opposed to like we normally do two track workouts, but it's, I can't like the most I've run is 110 and that's still so many miles. Yeah. Well now I'm running like 80 and it's just like, it's way different. And I'm like, I just can't can't handle it, but it it adds and flows. Um, Yeah. yeah, But 130, I don't know. 
I mean, it shows that everyone's different. Everyone has different training mm-hmm. and everyone responds differently. So yeah, totally. Um, well, I got some more like listener questions that we can run through really quick. They can just yeah. be like short answers. Um, how are you so positive? <laughs> um, oh man, I'm not always positive. It's funny because my fiance is really positive and he thinks I'm like more pessimistic or cynical. Uh, but I'm like, I'm still positive, but just compared to him, he's like so positive. Um, but I just try to like sometimes speak between make it, but also just to change my self-talk. Um, not, yeah, it's t- taking a lot of work, but, um, just try to keep the positive vibes all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so talking about your fiance, Carissa wanted me to ask about <laughs> Max. Is it Max Crush Monday? Oh yeah. Oh, I for I like started a Max Crush Monday hashtag as a joke, and then I just totally dropped the ball. I haven't posted in ages. But oh, well, Chris I is holding you accountable. I know. <laughs> How did that start? Um, no reason. I think because I think, um, there was like the fast braid Friday and the French bread Friday. And I was like, oh my God, how perfect max, like man crush Monday. But my boyfriend's name is max, max crush Monday. Um, I was like, this is so funny, but I feel like I only found it funny. Max hated it. And I feel like everyone else was like, okay. (laughs) Everyone else. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, what is your favorite food? Oh, ice cream. That's a good one. What kind? <laughs> um, anything with chocolate chunks, probably. Okay. Um, yeah, salt and straw has that almond brittle chocolate Ooh, ganache. So like, good. I know that one's so good. <laughs> salt and straw is the best. If you haven't oh. tried it, well, you. I feel like you have to live in Portland. Actually, they have some other locations now yeah, too. Yeah, I feel like they're really good. Yeah, maybe more West Coast, but like everywhere yeah. on the West Coast now. Yes. Um, core routine. Do you do core a lot? I, yeah, well, I actually, I've like changed my routine. I do, I have like a, a guy that I do it with one-on-one just because I'm like in my injuries, I don't trust myself to do stuff without someone watching me. Um, so yeah. Like, you don't want to like be any, off in any sort of movement. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like more high maintenance with that, but I like once a week, I like to do heavy lifts. So like deadlifts, um, step ups, like squat stuff. Um, but then on my day-to-day, I like planks, like glute bridges. Um, I hate arms, but I feel like I'm trying to do more shoulder stuff just because I'm like getting more hunchy and I'm like trying to bring my shoulders back. So yeah. um, lots of shoulder things, uh, but nothing fancy, just kind of generic. I feel like the stuff everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> everyone pretty much does the same stuff. It's like all injury prevention stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like what is the biggest thing that you would say would help you like prevent injuries or like what like biggest like recovery tip? Oh, I mean, sleep, I feel like sleeping well is really key. And I think just listening to your body to never get sucked into like what you were supposed to do and to never feel fearful to change something up. Like if you're feeling like, um, in a workout, you're like, I just feel like something's off to just pull off. Like there's no point in pushing through if you don't feel like you're running right. Um, and the same for like, if you're going for a run and you don't feel like you're running right or something like that to cut your run, take a day off. Um, and that's something I've learned, like, more and more that I'm like to be flexible is I think key. <laughs> there you go. Um, and the last thing, like what sort of legacy do you want to leave in the running world or beyond? Oh man. Um, I mean, I think just to be positive and happy and, um, I like hope that I'm a good example for people and like supportive. Um, I'm like, I, I feel like women's running is amazing and it's, um, yeah, just exploding now, which is really cool. But I just want to be my authentic self, be supportive of myself, my teammates, um, to be positive and to just have a good example for young girls. Well, I think you are quite the role model in the running world. So (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people love this episode. I think honestly, like you're a very inspiring person, just your perseverance. And I'm sure people are excited to see how the rest of the year and beyond goes your journey to marathoning. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. We'll see. That'll be one, but this has been really fun. Um, Where can people follow you at? Even though I'm sure like everyone listening already probably Uh, does. (laughs) Um, Just on Instagram. I'm at Emily Infield on Instagram. I have a Twitter that I like don't, I feel like I only retweet things now, Uh, but that's it. I need to, I've been like, my mom made a website for me when I made the Olympics and all it says is it's like Emily Infield dot co or something. And it's like more coming soon. 
And I'm like, oh no, it's been we're hey. coming to you for like four years, five years. It's coming soon though. <laughs> Keeping everyone on their toes. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe one day. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. I really appreciate it. Um, to close out the episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Oh yeah. Peace out, fellas. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Commas Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. If you guys love the podcast, it would mean so much if you rated and reviewed on Apple Podcasts. It's a free way to support and it just helps grow the podcast organically. And I love reading your reviews and seeing what you guys think about it, who your favorite episode was. So yeah, that would mean a lot to me. And also, if you're interested in submitting listener questions, follow at Commas Over Cold Brew Pod on Instagram. And I will hear from you guys in the next one. Peace out, fellas. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.